1: You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles.
0: This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one.
1: Hirsch, first down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles.
0: All right, everybody. Thank you for all for tuning in to another Eagles Unfiltered live episode. Again, we will be right on the podcast ex- exactly time after we publish this episode. Uh, Ed, you know, sure. we, I, I missed the whole entire introduction. I'm, you know, the, when we do these episodes, it all starts so quick. So I messed up the introduction, of course. But uh, co-host Carmiles with my co-host Ed Crass as always. Ed, it's been an exciting time. I mean, you've been at a camp. You've been close with the team. You've been doing these great training camp notebook episodes for Eagles Unfiltered. Every day after camp practice, you can listen to Eagles Unfiltered. Uh, usually towards the nighttime, this is when we upload these episodes where Ed talks about what he's observed at training camp with our, our colleague John McMullen of Sports Illustrated and Philly Voice and other outlets. You guys gotta check them out. They've been great episodes. I've getting so much details. The the thing I like the most is that you guys hit on something that nobody else has hit on is that Elijah Riley looks really good. In that preseason game and I against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and not a lot of people have talked about that yet. I thought that was interesting that you guys brought that up. Uh, I, I really thought he looked really good, and I think you know the safety death is one that's a competition that's going to be looking forward to. There's going to be a lot of uh, competition there, and there's going to be some guys you know that we wouldn't expect to make the team pop possibly make the team there. So Elijah Raleigh's one of them, I like that. So that's what you guys can hear in uh Ed's training camp notebook stuff like that, little tidbits like that, the little information that we miss in articles that we miss, uh, tweeting out all is in that on those little podcast episodes so check those out but ed man it's good to be back i haven't, I haven't recorded in so long <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah we were That's back amazing. in philly for the uh, open practice on sunday night it was nice to catch up with you and giovanni was there and, uh you know it was nice spending a, spending some time with you. you had great seats i mean right there right off of the right. you know right off the field um but uh, yeah it was nice to nice to catch up with you and uh you know give our thoughts on what oh, we were God. seeing. Um, so yeah, but yeah, it's, uh, listen today, Sunday, uh, it's a day to kind of take a deep breath. The the Eagles were supposed to practice, but Nick Sirianni canceled the practice today. Um, at least the open portion of it, him and, you know, he's still scheduled to put the team through a walkthrough later on Sunday. It's been just brutally hot Mm -hmm. in Philadelphia, probably all across the country. I mean, it's August, the dog days are here. So I think Sirianni wanted to give his team a little breather, um, and get ready for the Patriots coming to town on Monday and Tuesday.
0: Right, right. You know what I thought was interesting? We were front row seat in front of the linebacker drills, and you would see, you know, Gerard Avery and Joe Osman, and, you know, if Ryan Kerrigan was practicing, he would have been one of the guys too, but uh, I brought it up to you while we were there. It's interesting watching those guys rotate in between going from defensive end drills to linebacking drills. It just shows the commitment to different formations that uh, Jonathan is going to throw at, you know, opposing offenses this year. And I thought the most interesting point that he brought up, he brought, he, and, you know, during the offseason, everybody's trying to figure out who's going to be the next Brandon Staley. Like, who's going to be the defensive coordinator, guru, young type guy who's going to become the next head coach. uh, Somewhat of like what Sean McVay was for the offensive side is what Brandon Staley's kind of doing on the defensive side now. And he's the Los Angeles Chargers coach. He was the Rams defensive coordinator last year. But Jonathan Gannon brought him up and cited him for what the Rams do for different types of defensive looks. And I thought that was brilliant because that's what it seems like the Eagles are going to start doing. I love that. And in a league where it's a matchup given league every every Sunday, uh, you have to give different looks, you can't get too vanilla. It sounds like the defense is gonna be that way and they're practicing that way. I didn't like if you're an average fan, you're watching this and you're thinking, Why is Joe Austin do defensive end drills and linebacking drills? But that's just what they're gonna ask of these type of guys, these stand up type edge rushers this year. Uh Brian Kerrigan, Gerard Avery if he makes the team, Josh Wett, Derek Barnett, so on and so forth. It's it's gonna be interesting, Ed.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you have to have the talent to be able to kind of uh, cross train at different positions. And they feel they have some players that can do that. Joe Oseman, you mentioned, uh, they really like Patrick Johnson. uh, In kind of that hybrid role from outside linebacker to defensive end, you know, the rookie, he got a lot of playing time Thursday night uh, against the Steelers. Um, But yeah, I know they like him. Joe Oseman's in that role. Janard Avery who uh, has a bit of an injury right now. He's day-to-day, but, you know, they like him in that role. Mm -hmm. Kerrigan's going to be in that role. Uh, And then you look at, you know, not only just that D-end linebacker hybrid, they also want guys up front playing, you know, different spots. Brandon Graham has been used uh, inside. Milton Williams, the Mm -hmm. rookie uh, has been shuffling inside and outside. So, you know, they have some guys that they want to make sure are able to play those roles before the curtain goes up on September 12th in Atlanta, and it looks like some of these guys can. Um, and you're right, every week it's a matchup to matchup week in the NFL, and um, I think Jonathan Gannon is a smart enough guy to be able to break down a, an opponent's tape and see what his guys do best and what formations they'll do best in um, to give the other team, you know, some – Things to think about on game day.
0: It's really exciting. It is really yeah. exciting. But you know, I thought what another point that you guys just recently brought up in the most recent episode is how prepared this team looked. Zero fall starts. That's pretty big for this Eagles team. Yeah. This Eagles team was, you know, one of the heavy uh really heavily penalized last year in Fall Starts, especially. And I know uh people are gonna laugh and put in the comments perhaps the Jason Peters effect. But I mean, still this team was heavily penalized on that. No zero fall starts. Throughout yeah. the first, second, and third unit. That's impressive to me.
1: I look, yeah. They looked more prepared,
0: yeah. and you guys brought that up, but I thought that was a great point.
1: Yeah, they looked organized. They looked coordinated. Uh, you know, it's not to say they're not going to jump off sides or have a false start. I mean, they did have an right. illegal formation on one play that brought back a gain. Um, so, but, you know, I was expecting a little bit more. I don't know, some first game, not so much jitters, but just kind of still getting used to the system. But, um, you know we didn't see that um, which is which is a great sign and you, know, you mentioned Jason Peters he signed with the Chicago Bears on Sunday or oh. Saturday if you guys missed it I mean he's gonna be 40 years old in January and you know he's now with the Chicago Bears he won't be coming back to Philadelphia which is a good thing yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, <I guess laughs> but uh, yeah but yeah I like I like their cohesion on on uh, Thursday night against Pittsburgh we'll see if it continues um, I think Nick Sirianni is kind of keeping it pretty simple obviously vanilla in the preseason games, but I think even once we see the games start to count, I, you know, look, he had all his offense installed in the first two weeks of training camp, you know, they had eight installation periods. So now that's not a lot, I don't think in an NFL offense. So you have these eight installs already done. So now you're, you're starting to kind of hone in and, and, and polish the technique on these eight installs, these eight offensive installs they've had, and they're going to start to run You know, some of the same plays over and over, maybe make them look different. Um, But now you can kind of work on that. Um, And, and, you know, I I think that that's going to lead to some cohesion and some organization. And, you know, Brandon Graham, we talk about these short practices. Nick Sirianni has these 70 minute. Uh, to 90-minute practices. And Brandon Graham says that really uh, not only benefits you physically, but mentally you're kind of locked in. You want to make sure every single rep counts because you're not getting as many of them on the field. So that really forces you to kind of bear down and and be locked in. And, um, you know, that could have some, some long-term benefit here going forward. You know, we kind of make fun of it like Club Sirianni and Vacation Club Sirianni because it's not the Kind of training camps we're used to seeing, um, but I think there could be some benefits to it. Not only physically being fresher, uh, but also mentally. It, it, the players know they're only out there for a short period, so let's get it right while we can, and let's reward Sirianni for the uh, trust that he has in us to get this right. Uh, you know, from from the jump.
0: That's interesting point of view i mean it could also help with the injury department this has been one of the most injured teams in the nfl the last several years i mean they, that could you know factor into that as well and get guys fresher right perhaps i mean this is though they still have a lot of key veterans on this team that have started in places like Brandon brooks lane johnson Brandon graham Fletcher cox so on and so forth Darius slay uh if any of those guys go down this season looks like it would go down the tubes i maybe maybe there's just something that that's it's to it i mean I, I agree with you also as well that's that's a really good point of view i haven't really heard that discussed that's that's interesting. Uh, you know, we're all laser focused on what's going on in practice. We're not the, the finer details. The context of it is always good to talk about. So that's that's yeah. that's, that's that's interesting. I never really, you know, put two and two together, but uh, I I'm, I want to see what the, the effects of that are during the season. I wonder how, you know, it's that that could make or break the season. You can either take that as a, as a good way or a bad way. Either yeah. way, so we'll we'll figure it out. We'll see how prepared or how good they look on offense. And uh, you know, the one thing that Chip Kelly always used to say is execution. You know, we'll see if they can execute on offense with this. You know, short installs that they already. I mean, you got to think they can't be changing dramatically, changing the offense too much.
1: I mean, no, I don't think so. But you know, and another thing <clears throat> you worry about with these shorter practices is the, is the conditioning aspect. You know, I think you know if you look back to Thursday's game, there wasn't a lot of subbing with that second team late in the first half, and. You know, the Steelers were doing a good job converting third down, something the Eagles are going to really have to clean up because that really affected the time of possession. The Eagles had the ball for less than 20 minutes, only ran 45 offensive plays. But, you know, I saw that defense wear down a little bit, especially up front, you know, with the conditioning. And I asked Milton Williams after the game about that. And, you know, he said he didn't feel any effects, but it was really hot. You know, it was like 95 degrees on Thursday night. Um, but that's something to keep an eye on is conditioning. You see, sometimes after have to practice. Is guys running wind sprints now? I don't know if they're on their own or if that that's team directed. But you know, I saw the cornerback and defensive back group running wind sprints after a recent practice, after practice. So uh, you know, a lot of the conditioning could be on the players to make sure they're in the right condition to get through. Uh, you know, eighty plays a game or seventy plays a game <clears throat> that they're going to have to play whatever it is. Um, that that's, the, that that's the one thing you have to keep an eye on with these shorter practices is how's that conditioning going to match up on game day, uh, especially early in the season when it's still warm in September. Um, you know, obviously they're playing in a dome in Atlanta on the opener, so that won't be a factor. But, you know, week two is here in Philadelphia and September is usually a warm month. So um, you wonder if, if Gannon will substitute more liberally once the season begins um, to kind of offset some of that. Possible conditioning that they need to get into as the season goes on. But that's that's just something to keep an eye on.
0: Well, I think these joint practices with the Patriots are going to tell us a lot more than what, I mean, they're going to put a lot more blanks than we can give answers to right now. So we'll take a, yeah. we'll keep an eye on that. I, I'm interested to hear how these joint practices of the Patriots go. Uh,
1: yeah. Monday morning, 10 o'clock is when they're supposed to begin. Um, yeah. You know, so I imagine the Patriots are kind of filing in maybe as we speak, or they'll be here later this evening in Philly, get all checked in and be ready to hit the field in the morning. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see if Sirianni and Belichick kind of worked out a, a length of practice. I you know, I don't think Bill Belichick likes to practice for seventy minutes or ninety minutes. So, you know, maybe the practices will go a little bit longer with Belichick in the house, or or maybe the Eagles will just get done and the Patriots will run through what else they need to get through, and the Eagles will just pack it in. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of agreement they made. But it's you know, it's really cool to you know, you're probably going to learn more about these two practices Monday and Tuesday. you're going to learn in the preseason game because guys probably won't play, obviously, in the preseason game. Some of the starters, maybe for New England and even Philadelphia, like Sanders, you know, he didn't play. Miles Sanders didn't play Thursday. I'm not sure he's going to play against New England. But in practice, these guys are going to go against each other. Um, You know, they're not going to sit out, so they're going to be taking reps against each other. So that'll be good to see, Uh, you know, guys that maybe won't play Thursday night. They'll be playing against each other for two days leading up to that game.
0: I'll be interested to see what, you know, cuz the offenses right now with the quarterbacks are kind of similar too. So, and you know, Joshua Daniels was considered for the Eagles' head coaching job. So, that, that, yeah. yeah, that's it's it's interesting. It's all coming together. It's 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 definitely interesting for sure. Yeah, there's but, some uh,
1: interesting storylines. I mean, you know, you look at even like <laughs> Michelle, you know, Sony Michelle and Mark and Michelle, you know, they're brothers. The Eagles just brought oh, back Mark right. yeah. and Michelle and That's right. You know, Sony was, you know, they're running back, uh, you know, so it'll be kind of a little family reunion in Philadelphia. Between those two, and you know, everybody talks Dylan about the Eagles. Back. What's that? Jalen Mills is yeah, back. Jalen Mills, yeah, Nelson Aguilar.
0: Yeah, no, um, yeah Nelson. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. I almost forgot about Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. Oh. Be interesting to see. You know, water he's,
0: a, he's not going to remember any, he's not going to recognize anybody in the wide receiver room besides Greg Ward, anyways. My no, whole wide receiver room is completely different for Nelson Aguilar to come back to. It, yeah. It's just Greg Ward is all he knows.
1: I'll see some familiar faces on defense, though, guys that'll be yeah. trying to knock him around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh it'll be interesting to see if Mills has his hair. I mean, I haven't seen him in the. I'm sure he's not he green Still has anymore. the
0: green hair. No, he still has it. He says he, he really green hair. He goes, "I'm the green Goblin. I'm gonna keep the green hair." it Goes worldwide. That's yeah. cool, man. He still has it. So yeah, he'll be bringing it back to Philadelphia. It's gonna be interesting. You guys can definitely ask him a bunch of questions about that. I'll be interested to hear. Anyway, yeah,
1: we have access to him. We'll see.
0: I think you and John have been the most consistent about this, and you know, maybe not enough areas are listening to it, but I think you guys have been solid consistency with this but i mean you know you guys aren't bashing jalen hurts in the sense of saying this and i think some people have taken it the wrong way because i've seen some youtube comments on these videos we upload and people think john just hates jalen hurts and that's not the case it's it's just you know there is inconsistencies but i think you know Again, you guys are trying to make these 15-17 minute videos and as brief as we can and get through all the information you can possibly get through. It's hard to add context on top of layers of stuff and without getting into like a discussion like we get into. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is his first training camp. Of course he's gonna be inconsistent. Ed, you'll know this, but as well as I do. And I I, I said this with uh, I joined Giovanni's Philly Sports of Giovanni's podcast. That, that episode just dropped a couple minutes ago. You can check that out. Uh, I told him, I said, you know, when I was with the Eagle Wire at USA Today, it was a Carson once his rookie season. And I'll tell you right now, he picked up that offense pretty quick his rookie year because it was the same system he was running in North Dakota State as West Coast offense. The only difference was the hybrid parts. So that's what he had to pick up on. But he was inconsistent. He was he was overthrowing throws. He couldn't get his feet set for to save his life in training camp. You have to understand. I it's hard for people. I don't under, I mean, I don't really know why. Because when Carson once came into Philadelphia, he was automatically you know crowned the golden child you know we everybody hailed Carson once he could do no wrong he could do no wrong and his rookie stats weren't um, jumped off of the charts at you i know we we took in his supporting cast his context which it needed to be his supporting ca- his supporting cast was not good that year but i mean nothing he did really you know jumped out at you he just led the team extremely well guess who else does that extremely well jalen hurts you know mm-hmm. so it, the inconsistencies of course are going to be there he's so young in his nfl career it's his first training camp it's his first real yeah. practices at, uh, in the off season, and it's, yeah. he's picking up a whole new system at the same time no yeah. I, I just think it's funny when I, I hear what he say you know they hate how the media harps on Jalen Hurts I don't I don't think it's that I think they're just being honest with I mean you guys are being honest with what you're saying he's inconsistent but of course he is it's his first yeah. training camp in a new offense of course he's going to be inconsistent no he's going to be perfect that way he's not Tom yeah. Brady he's not in his 22nd year in the NFL like it, it's going to it's going to take some time and he's young sure. he's going to develop still so yeah. I just think it's funny when everybody, you know, I know you see it. I mean, you're on Twitter, all you're on, you see it on social media, fans just go crazy at the media for reporting the truth about what they see from Jalen Hurts, and yeah, that, it's that, yeah,
1: that's, it's that's not so an
0: indictment. True. It's just the truth. I mean, he's going to be inconsistent. I, he even knows that. He tells yeah. us every day he wants to get better each day. Yeah. So I don't know. I I I, I think these reports that he's inconsistent get so blown up to the point where they don't need to be because of course he's going to be inconsistent. It's his first real training camp, NFL training camp.
1: I would have liked to have seen more from him Thursday night. No doubt. I mean, he only played the 10 yeah. snaps and two series. And one of those series, he was backed up, you know, on the two yard line. That's not a easy position for any quarterback to, to be in no. and run an offense, but he hit Ertz with a nice pass to get out of that situation, pick up a first down and and kind of got out of that field position. So, you know, I saw yeah, the I mean, one the
0: one play that I saw from him that I needed to see was him checking out of that play to Dallas Goddard and getting that huge game mm-hmm. because his one knock on him is you know taking what the the defense gives immediately and does a one read and just throws it real quick. Uh that was a smart quarterback IQ play, what he did to check out of that play and get that accurate pass to Dallas Goddard, which wasn't an easy pass to make.
1: Well, I think it, he did a good job reading the defense. He saw that there was a linebacker matched up on Goddard, and that's a tough matchup for any linebacker oh, yeah, absolutely. to go against Dow. So he recognized that, which is a good sign that he's able to read these defenses. I mean, you know, we talked about Carson Wentz and his ability to read defense, you know, and and he did a good job reading defenses. And I, I think Hurts, you know, he can do that. Now, you know, there are things technique wise, like you say, with his feet that he needs to work on and, I'd like to see him do a better job kind of, you know, stepping up into the pocket, climbing into the pocket, instead of yeah. kind of bailing out left or right and start to roll. Um, you know, I think he can be more aware of doing that. And even Nick Suriani said on Saturday morning when we talked to him that, yeah, he'd like to see him climb the pocket a little better. And they've talked to him about that and, um, you know, not give up on a play so quickly. Once you feel a little bit of pressure, you don't want to keep rolling left and right the whole game. You know, you're going to put yourself in, in, in jeopardy physically over the long term. So you want to I'll see him step into the pocket and, and make a read out of the pocket and get rid of the ball when he does step up in the pocket.
0: I'll tell you what, that throwing motion, though, that looks good. It looks good. It looks better than last year. It does look improved. It looks like Quincy Avery and him did some really productive work on that throwing motion because it's definitely different. He had the, the slowest throwing motion of getting the ball out in college football uh, you know, when he was coming out of the draft, he would have been ranked 34 of all starting quarterbacks in the NFL in terms of getting the football out. It was like 3.1 seconds. That's not well, you can't do that.
1: But, you know, that's the thing I like about Hertz is he he's always talking. I mean, he wants to be great. He wants to right. win football games, and he talks about that openly. Says, you know, I want to throw a touchdown pass every time I'm out there. You know, he he wants to. Uh, he's such a competitor. Uh, he wants to be great, and he's going to do whatever it takes to 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 be great. Um, you know, whether that's a pretty high bar. Now, whether or not he has the skill set to do that, we'll see. But there's no doubt that he's got the mental wanted, he, he wants to do it mentally. You know, he wants to get to be great. Um, Jalen
0: Hurts' determination is going to yeah. give him a long-term NFL career. Right. Now, his talent is going to determine if he's a franchise starting quality quarterback or if he's a backup quarterback, serviceable backup quarterback in this league. It's either going to be one of those. There's no the bare minimum is he's a serviceable backup quarterback like Nick Foles. That's I think that's the bare minimum for Joe and Hurts. But yeah. the top is he's a quality starting backer. I mean, yeah, he's a quality starting quarterback. That's where we're looking, and that's what he's determined to be. I I fully believe he can get there with this determination that he has. But I mean, you know, the the talks of this quarterback competition and you know the media blowing it up that the uh, about how it's a joke that the Eagles have this quarterback competition. I'm looking at FS1 for that one. Uh, and then you know, I think John said the best. There's, they can say there's a quarterback competition, but Jalen Hurts is taking all the first team reps. Yeah, uh, he they treat him as the quarterback one. He's the quarterback one, point blank. There is no competition. We're just adding words to it. But you know, the unfortunate thing for Jalen Hurts is he's going to be linked to Justin Fields. He's going to be linked to uh, Mac Jones. I think we're all forgetting Mac Jones in this equation too. But he what they, they did decide to go with Jalen Hurts over Mac Jones as well. Yeah, But, you know, he's going to be linked to those guys because the Eagles said, you know, we're good with what we have over those type of guys. I think after Justin Fields' preseason game last night, we're already seeing Eagles fans worry about that. I I mean, I think it's a little too premature. I mean, it's preseason.
1: Yeah, you can't overreact just one preseason game. But it's going to be cool to see Mac Jones come in town with the Patriots this week. And, you know, Cam Newton obviously still wants to be the starter. We'll see. You know, we'll see those two guys and how they match up against this Eagles secondary. It'll be a good test, uh, you know, for the cornerback group. Zach McPherson, the rookie, uh, who did some decent things Thursday night, but had that PI call. And he said, you know, we talked to him Saturday. It was definitely a PI call. You know, we got his hands up top. He can't do that. He knows what he needs to do there. He, he's going to make that correction, and we'll see if he can cover without doing that. I think he can, but it's going to be a good test. It's going to be a fun test to see Mac Jones against his secretary, Cam Newton. Everybody talks about the Eagles quarterback situation. The Patriots have one of their own going on right now, and right. you know, but Hertz is the guy. I don't think New England knows that Jones is going to be the guy, but Hertz is going to be the guy. Even Joe Flacco talked to us Saturday, and he said, you know, look at – you know, uh, Jalen's doing a great job. I mean, there's nothing he can say that is going to change the mind uh, of Nick Sirianni or do unless Jalen Hur- Hurts completely fails, which he won't. You know, he's not going to fall on his face at this stage, I don't think. I think he's just going to continue to get better.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the you know, I think, uh, again, the Eagles, I wrote it. I literally wrote the Eagles were owed this opportunity to Jalen Hurts from what he's shown his rookie year. And it was only four games, but they, they, they owed him the opportunity because there's something there. There is something there. And I think if any game showed you that there is something there to build upon, it was that Arizona Cardinals game. There is something there to build upon. It's going to take coaching and it's going to take the right system to get out of them. And if Nick Sirianni is that guy is, is still fair to be questioned. But, uh, I think it was fair. Again, I would take just right now. It's easy to say this because we still have to have this college football season happen, but, it's going to be hard for me to think that there was any quarterbacks in this upcoming class, like the Slovises, the Howells, the Samuels, the Rattlers of the world, to think that they're better than Justin Fields. Though it's going to be hard for me to think that. I think Justin Fields would be quarterback one of this class coming out. So, it, is it justified that the Eagles passed on Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and you know other quarterbacks too? There was other quarterbacks that they passed on and favored sticking with Jalen Hurts. I think so. I think there is something there that you need to see. I think there is something there that needs to be tapped into. And four games was, wasn't was enough to make a declaration of either or. But there was something in that four games that made you think, man, this guy really captured our locker room. And he shouldn't have. They should still be on Carson Wentz's side. They should still want Carson Wentz. It was only four games. But no, this guy completely came in here and, and took control of this team. And throughout the whole entire offseason situation of being under constant scrutiny, if he should be the guy or not, he's handled it well and he's, take the whole entire team underneath his wing and now they all support him and they're ready for him to go as the starting quarterback. There's something there. There's something there. And we're, we should all embellish in that. I'm, I'm willing to be patient with it because of what the results are showing me so far.
1: There's quarterbacks that come into the draft every year. The Eagles wanted to get some clarity on Jalen Hurts. Simple as that. They wanted to look around at some other parts of their team, try to make them stronger uh, to me, nothing divides a locker room more than a quarterback controversy. And if you brought in a rookie quarterback without knowing what you had in Hurts, who's working with receivers in the offseason, who's putting the work in, that would just con- you know, consume the- – the-, the talk of that would just consume a a, a relatively young team, a ha- a whole new coaching staff, a rookie coaching staff. You know, you have first-year head coach in Sirianni, first-year D coordinator in Gannon, first-year OC in Shane Stegen. I mean, you just – you don't want to sabotage your team like that. There's going to be a quarterback in 2022 if the Eagles aren't comfortable with Hurts, and they can draft them then. They, I just think they wanted clarity on Hurts. They didn't want a quarterback situation, a controversy, bringing in a Fields or a Trey Lance or whoever you want to say, a Mac Jones. They just didn't want that to kind of you know torpedo their team and that locker room. So you know, this, I think, was the right call. You know, Justin Fields could go on to be great, but you know what? There's going to be a great quarterback in 2022 and a great quarterback in 2023 that comes out. So there's always quarterbacks, you know, that you can get, especially if you're picking high and you can identify them and evaluate them properly. So I, I wouldn't get all caught up in the Justin Fields. Why didn't they draft him situation? This no. is the right move from Philadelphia by Howie Roseman to kind of keep the focus on Hurts. Let's see what he can do. Um, and let's let's get some clarity on him. Let's see if we did the right thing, taking him in the second round. Let's see if he can become the next Russell Wilson type quarterback. He
0: because, has a term, he determination term, to be special. He has yeah. the he has the capabilities. He has what you need to be special. It's just got the talent has to match it. And we'll see I, I, I mean, I,
1: yeah, and I'll tell you what else about Hertz that I like, and you're not going to see it in the preseason. Is he's going to run the ball? The Eagles have been running RPO after RPO in practice, you know, and then it's hard to gauge what Hertz would do on a play because they blow the play dead once he fakes the handoff and starts to sweep the edge. But you're going to have to honor that as a defense because Hertz can run the ball. And oh, very well. Gonna, this is going to be an RPO based offense, and that's going to cause some, you know, some things that for the defense to think about when Hertz. Either hands off or, or keeps it or pulls up and throws or sweeps right and then throws. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do out of this RPO offense. And, and Sirianni's not going to show that in the preseason. He doesn't, that's his advantage. He said that's to our advantage. Teams don't know what they're going to do. And he wants to keep it that way until the season begins. So, you know, you're, you're looking at Hertz in kind of a vacuum here in the preseason. You're judging him on an offense he's running that's probably only about 50% of what we're going to see in the season regular season. So, so don't be so hard on Hurts when you judge him in these preseason games. Yeah, you can look at how his accuracy is, how he reads a defense, uh, his athleticism escape in the pocket, but until we see the full wrap come off this offense, you're not going to know what Jalen Hurts is until, you know, we get through September and October and we see how this offense begins to kind of develop and progress.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, we'll see. I just think Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy. He can definitely be the guy, and I think you're right. The Eagles had enough. There's enough intrigue there for them to f- see if it's the tr- if it's the truth or not. And they owed it to him. I think they did owe it to him. I read all about it. But speaking of young wide receivers he worked with, Quez Watkins, man, whew. You know, it's such a bold statement to say, but the way that he does wide receiver screens reminds me so much of Robert Woods. I told that to you the other night, and I, I still feel it to this day. I mean, he, him and Robert Woods on screen passes are somewhat comparable, even against Arizona. That Arizona screen was—he made a bunch of moves to make guys miss, and then just took off with the yards after catch, acceleration, speed. There's something, you know. I I don't want to get too into the preseason hype and too much into the training camp hype on a guy, uh. But I, I really think there's something there, Quez Watkins. There's something that the Eagles are going to have to build upon for sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you just got a sense of how spoiled the offense is now, I mean, he took a, you know, an 11 on 11 drills on Saturday. He took a little pass over the middle and just zipped up field and already two or three offensive linemen are raising their hands in a, in a touchdown signal. I mean, that, that's kind of the expectation now. And, you know, that guy's got a four, three, five speed in the 40 coming out of Southern Miss. Um, It's interesting that he lasted as long as he did now, the sixth round, the 200th pick overall. But, um, you know, you mentioned Robert Woods and, You know that's a good comparison, and I'm kind of looking at the transcript from Nick Sirianni yesterday because he was asked about comps to him, and he mentioned the
0: Travis Benjamin one. I thought the Travis Benjamin one was kind of on a little bit too.
1: Right, the 2016 Benjamin who led the NFL in yards per catch. Uh, Then he compared him a little bit to the way he runs patterns to T.Y. Hilton. Um, You know, so listen. It's a shame he's not a secret anymore. You know, Jalen Hurts said that after the game, he's not a secret anymore, and that's unfortunate. But we're gonna have to see how now he adjusts and how he's able to get open, how Nick Suriani's able to scheme him open in his offense. Um, because yeah, I think he can be a legitimate weapon in this offense. I, you know, with that speed, uh, you know, and he and he's even talked about trying to make every route look the same, where he's not, you know, comes flying down the sideline right out of the, you know, right off the line of scrimmage. He wants to make every pattern look the same speed wise and the way he moves in and out of those patterns. So, um, and he's still a work in progress, and it's cool to see him get off to a great start. We saw him kind of come on a little bit uh, last year, that 39 yard screen pass he took for a touchdown against Arizona was really electric. And so was that 79 yarder from uh flack of Thursday night.
0: The thing about, Quez Watkins, uh, what he's doing is so impressive. Is that he's doing what we've been preaching all offseason, and he's answering Nick Sirianni's called to competition. He's doing what exactly what we've been saying all offseason. The These guys are not tied to anybody coming into right. this team. They, right. they have everybody has a clean slate. Everybody has to prove themselves. And guess what? He's doing. Whereas Jill and Rager, Greg Ward, other guys on the John Hightower aren't. He's impressing the new staff and showing them, hey. I deserve this opportunity. I deserve this chance. And now you have Nick Sirianni comparing him to two productive wide receivers that were under his coaching st- uh, stats before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that, to me, puts those guys in the doghouse and him in the leader house already right off the bat. He's answering the call to competition. That because I, I like how everybody's being a little modest now on Quiz Watkins saying, uh, "Don't get too hyped." He might be, you know, the Paul Turners of the world, the Rasheed Bailey's of the world, it might be the preseason hype, the training camp hype. But no, this was happening last year, Ed. He right. was starting to emerge last year. He was doing well against Arizona. Not only that, it was more than speed. I go back to that catch he made against Dallas. Jalen Hurts really underthrew him. And he came mm-hmm. back. He peeled back and made that catch. There's more to Quez Watkins that meets the eye. And he's answering Nick Sirianni's call to competition. Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, Jalen Rager, they got to watch out. Quez Watkins is on his, their heels.
1: Travis Fulgham. Yeah, did you mention him? I mean, he's, you know, he better start showing up a little bit here. Um you know this week and you know right. five hundred
0: the- 500 and something, something yards is not going to guarantee a starting spot on this team next year.
1: No, he's kind of been quiet too, um, which is a little bit of a concern, I think. But you know, look, still a couple more weeks in camp, still a couple more games to kind of flash. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens.
0: Or is it is it you know for a guy who's always been there, practice and seeing Ques Watkins almost daily? Is it all right to start getting the hype ready? Is it is it okay for us to be hype out anything? because it looks like it's going to be for real?
1: Well, you mentioned his last year, and you know, last year he was inactive You know, most of the year. He was on the reserved injured list early in the season, but over his last uh, one, two, three, four games, he caught all seven of his passes for 100 yards. I,
0: I think you and I mentioned this before. John Hightower was Carson Wentz's receiver, Quest Watkins was Jalen Hurts's receiver. As soon as they inserted Jalen Hurts, it, it seemed like Hightower made the inactive list and Watkins was active.
1: Yeah, you know, Hightower's spot on this team. You know, if you want to get into the roster, is not secure in the least. I mean, he's hurt. Uh, he could start the year on injured reserve. I don't think they just want to give up on him. I mean, I know that you know he does bring some good things to the field when he's healthy. So, um, but you know, he he could start the year on IR. Uh, but you still have to to get a guy on IR. You still have to waive him. Um, you have to make sure that that guy's on the fifty three man roster for at least one day before you can IR him. Um, So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they keep him and then put him on IR and bring somebody in. I, to me, I think the Eagles still need some kind of a veteran-wide receiver. I, I really do. And I don't know, you know, who's out there, who could become available. Once it was interesting. Gold,
0: Golden Tate posted a picture recently of him in his his Eagles hoodie. Oh,
1: really? <laughs> his, his most recent I mean, picture
0: is him, on him and Instagram and him in his Eagles hoodie. And we all thought that. I thought that was interesting. I was like, why is he posting – in the Eagles video, I thought he didn't like it here.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, he needs a job. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh,
0: exactly.
1: You know, I think he could put his feelings behind him. Plus, you know, it's a whole new coaching staff. Now, I don't know how he feels about the front office, but you know, they did trade for him at one point. So they felt some way about him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just think they need a veteran wide receiver because, you know, yeah, obviously, Devontae Smith, big concern in my opinion now. I talked about the one hundred and sixty six pound thing coming out into the draft, and it was a major concern. and then I was alleviated from that concern by you know some of the people I spoke to um that yeah, okay, he'll be fine, but then here we are, fourth day bam Sprains his knee. haven't seen him since. Uh, kind of did some things on Saturday, um uh, but they're gonna they're gonna play it close to the vest with him. I don't think he'll see a whole lot of time this week. I don't think he'll play Thursday, but I think they would hope to get him into some game, uh, some reps against the Jets in the, in, the reg, in the preseason finale. But, you know, after him, you have Rager untested. You have uh, Quez Watkins. Yeah, he looks, his looked good, but he's a young kid. Um, you know, I don't think Ortega Whiteside's making this team. John Hightower's hurt. Um, Greg Ward, yeah, you know, he's good. He's steady. But, you know, you could always use an upgrade there. I mean, he's a great kid. But right now he's the leader, and he's only 26 years old. Um, But but I think this team could use a a kind of a veteran experienced wide receiver um, to kind of make it even a little bit stronger than, you know, what it could become, Um, because I don't think they're going to keep many receivers. I think they're going to go heavy at running back. They might go with four tight ends. I'd be really surprised if they did. Um, I I mean, Tyree Jackson has looked really good. They're really high on him. He's a developmental kid who's really kind of exceeded expectations. I I love
0: Richard Rodgers. But well, sorry, bud. you got to go. I, yeah. I would take Ty Jackson's potential over Richard Rogers, knowing what he is at the stage of his career at the brink of retirement at tight end
1: three, it would not make sense. Man. You know, cause you know what? He had a good game Thursday. You know, he's a veteran guy. Right. No, He's and, a good and, player. Uh, he is a good
0: player for sure. But yeah. if you, unless
1: you're trading Zach
0: hurts, there's no excuse for Richard Rogers to make this roster over uh, <coughs> Ty Jackson, man. I'm telling you right now, Kevin Potul and Nick Sirianni, did something amazing last year with the Colts with Mo Alley Cox. And that's going to stick in their heads that they, the, the, the turning of the tides is happening at tight end. You need to be a basketball player type <coughs> athlete to play tight end in the NFL now. And they're going to look for those type of body types. And Tyree Jackson's that. And they're not going to give up on that. And if he, if they waive him, he's not, I mean, he looks impressive against Pittsburgh. I thought, I thought he did look good against Pittsburgh. If he continues the trajectory he's on, teams are going to notice him. And there's a, t- jacksonville needs tight ends cincinnati needs tight ends there's a tight end indie league so uh i've the eagles there's no way i let him touch waivers right now even even i don't care what happens in the next two preseason games this guy has potential that they need to tap into and they have two coaches who just did a huge project with tight end it's working out really well in indianapolis molly cox i think yeah. the same can happen with tyree jackson
1: yeah i'd like to see him get some reps with hurts we haven't seen him Catch any passes from Hertz. It's all been Flacco and Mullins. And even against Pittsburgh, it was Flacco. You know, that two-minute offense they ran at the end of the first half that Flacco took them on the drive to get get the field goal to make it 16-7. You know, um, Tyree Jackson had a 19-yard catch to put him in field goal position. Um, Was able to get open and went up high and made a nice catch on that ball. But you mentioned it's a tight end, needy league. And just, you know, that's why you wonder if the Eagles wouldn't keep four of them. Um, because it is a tight end needy league. You cut Richard Rodgers, somebody's going to snap him up. You cut Tyree Jackson, someone's going to grab him. You still have Zach Ertz. You still have Dial Scott. I wrote about the tight end position. I think it's one of the best and deepest in the whole NFL, to be honest with you. Um, And I think Richard Rodgers makes that group stronger. But, you know, do you need four tight ends? It's all dependent on the wide receiver position. I, I have been not overly impressed with the wide receivers in camp at all, really. I mean, obviously Quez, but we haven't seen Smith. Rager's been kind of inconsistent. Um, he needs to step up his game these next couple of weeks. The funny thing
0: weeks. is, that catch that he made that was all on video, you're on that video and you're not even reacting, man. I, I noticed you on the video. You just look at it and you're like, I'm going to go tweet this.
1: Eh. <laughs> yeah, have you <laughs> seen yourself on the video, on the clip? Oh, that one-handed catch in the yeah, end Yeah, that zone one-handed clip. Play? Yeah,
0: you see you looking at it and then you just look straight back down your phone and start getting ready to yeah, tweet it
1: out that he did that. It, it was a great play, <laughs> but I want to see more right. consistent – just normal plays you know like the catch he made against Pittsburgh that that was a great route and you know I've seen some clips on Twitter about you know with his route running it does look better he looks like he's he's improved his route it's running. a lot more
0: crisp it's a lot more crisp
1: it's more yes it is and but I need now I need to see that translate into you know like a nice five catch game uh, in the offs in the preseason here I mean I know it doesn't mean anything but I think for a kid like Jalen I think confidence is such a huge thing and you know if he can kind of put together a volume uh, catch night against the Patriots or against the Jets or in practice this week or even next week when they practice against the Jets, I think that'll do wonders for him. But I but I want to see that. So right now I'm not really I, I'm not wowed by these receivers. I got to be honest. fulgham has been you know okay. I mean he's, he got off to a pretty good start. Hasn't showed me a lot. Ortega Whiteside is what he is. Um, you know he's not lighting up anything. Yeah. Uh, Greg Ward's okay I mean you know it's not a and they've spent so many resources on this position that to be in this in this position is is you know mind-numbing to be honest with you I mean they've drafted I think five wide receivers in the last three years and we're still talking about needing more receivers I mean I, I don't get it I mean I you hope Sirianni can develop them and Steichen and in this offense they can scheme things up but right now to me, I'm not sure how many you're keeping. And if it means cutting loose a Richard Rodgers to keep an Ortega-Whiteside who really hasn't been impressive, I'm keeping Richard Rodgers. Same with the running backs. I mean, I could see them keeping five running backs. You know, I know on Johnson, look, the knee injury is still being evaluated. It doesn't sound good for on Johnson. He had the knee issue coming in. You know, he he he, he uh, is still being evaluated with the knee. But I don't think it looks good for on Johnson. I don't. I don't you know, think I'll do it for
0: him the way Jordan Howard's been looking. Jordan Howard. Howard's been impressive.
1: Yeah, so you have four running backs with Howard. And I wrote about the running backs. Four guys look like locks. And now, you know, you wonder about carry-on. You, you wonder about like, even Elijah Holyfield. Now, he dropped the pass in practice Saturday. You need to catch the football. Um, but they're keeping four running backs. Uh, could, could they yeah. keep a fifth? I mean, I, I guess it depends on carry-on's health, to be honest. But –
0: it's a deep group. It's probably the one of the only th- way I see them keeping it fit is if it's Jason Hudley shows them that he can play as a returner.
1: that's to him forgetting. He has a rib injury. He's day to day. But yeah, so if they like, you know, you have better depth at tight end and running back than you do at receiver. To me, this receiver group is, you know, you got two guys that were first round picks you're keeping them. Uh you're keeping Quez because he's had a good camp. But but then what? What what comes after that? I mean, that's three guys. And and Greg mm-hmm. Ward, yeah, they like him. That's four guys. Who else? If it means keeping four receivers and five running backs and four tight ends because the depth's better, you hate to say it, but you might go that way.
0: I hate to say this too because I get this vibe. I'm, I, I, I'm still a fan. I think he can be better than Nelson Aguilar, but Joe Rigger gives me vibes that he needs to be a rhythm type player. And you know who else can be a rhythm type player was Nelson Aguilar, who barely got into rhythm. It's hard to get receivers into rhythm in a passing error league where you have to pass it to multiple guys. It's just yeah. not possible. It's not feasible to get a guy into a rhythm and target him heavily, especially in offense where Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard are going to be your top two targets. And yeah. so you just hope something clicks there where his confidence just goes into that rhythm already, where he can just go ahead and start catching these passes because, right. you know, Jalen's probably going to have to be more the X than, I mean, I know Devontae is going to be their true X this year, but they're Jalen's going to have to run up all over the field. It's not just going to be slot. It's going to be everywhere. That's what, This offense is going to dictate. I know everybody's stuck with saying Joe and Reg is going to be a slot this year. But no, it's everybody's going to be rotating and moving around. Nobody's going to be – there's not going to be one position stuck at. There's going to be one certain Z. There's going to be one certain Y. There's going to be no one certain X. It's going to be everybody rotating around. Uh, So you would hate to have another receiver that has to get into a rhythm to play well because they don't have time for that, and they don't have enough targets to go around for that.
1: No. And, and, you know, I got to tell you, this Devontae Smith thing is really worrisome for me. I mean, listen, okay, he's going to come back, but how long is he going to be able to stay healthy? I mean, to be hurt on your fourth NFL practice already, with the concern already being that he's very underweight, his legs are like two, I mean, to me, it's a concern. He's got to come back and he's got to stay healthy. I mean, how long is he going to be able to stay healthy when he finally does return?
0: I have this feeling that if it was week one right now, he would be practicing and getting ready to play though. Well, yeah, thought,
1: again, it, he'll come back for sure, whether it's right. this week or next week. He's coming back, but, you know, I is it going to be another four days before he gets hurt again? I mean, I don't know. It could be, you know, it, this could be an injury thing that, and this was my concern coming out. And, and I let people talk me out of it. And now he's got to come back. He's going to come back, but is he going to be able to stay back? How long is he going to be able to stay back?
0: Oh, I can't use this Deshaun Jackson injury to week, week to week thing anymore. I can't do it. Can't do no, with the wide receiver. He's younger
1: than Deshaun, so you know you have Devontae will be fine.
0: I'm not worried about Devontae, but I'm just saying that they've they've had so much injuries out of the wide receiver position year in and year out. It's t- it's it is tough.
1: Yeah, it, it is, is it
0: is tough to withstand. But and to move on, because we're talking about the wide receiver position so much. A couple more observations that I've seen from the preseason and in the, in the training camp so far, and I'll let you elaborate on it a little bit more since you're you're there live with the action. The interior line, the interior defensive line pressure seems like it's going to make or break this defense this year. And with Fletcher Cox being Fletcher Cox, Javon Hergrave looking like he's going to have a monster year, and Milton Williams, he's going to be a contributor for this defensive line no matter what this year. It looks like they have the – and I go back to what Jonathan Gannon is coming from. He's coming from Indianapolis with Matt Uberfluss where they gave up a first-round pick and immediately. I think it was a top-15 pick for DeForest Buckner as soon as they possibly could. And they gave him $100 million. And he led, mm-hmm. he was the anchor along that defensive line. That, right. they they predicated their defense on interior pressure. It looks like the Eagles are and Jonathan Gannon are going to continue that, that same trend as they, you know, they drafted Millen Williams with a high pick in the third round. Javon Hargrave is highly paid. They still had, they even drafted uh, the nose tackle. Marlon Tittutu, I, I don't even want to say his last name. I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> but they yeah. took him, to, he still, they drafted him fairly high. Uh, It looks like the interior pressure is going to be, you know, make or break this defense this year again. Is that fair to say? Because it looks like it in this camp so far. This is this is it. This is where the pressure is going to come from is from the interior.
1: Well, T.Y. McGill is going to be part of that upfront pressure. I mean, go back and watch that sack that he had against Pittsburgh. I mean, he is a short, stout, strong as a bull. Talk
0: about determination.
1: And, been and all over he there just bull rushed whatever Pittsburgh lineman was trying to block him right into the lap of Mason Rudolph and Milton Williams was right there too. Williams got hit by got by the guard. Maybe I guess he got through the tackle and then the guard came over and clipped him. But he still was able to get through there. Had T Y McGill not gotten there, Milton Williams would have got that sack. But T Y McGill is playing his way onto this team. I mean, I think he he's shown some quickness. Um, and he's a guy that showed he can bull rush somebody. I mean, I don't know if that Pittsburgh lineman will be on the team. I can't remember who was against. But, man, that was just a strength move. And, and McGill showed some stuff last year, too. So, uh, yeah, it's important to get the pressure, obviously. You know what? When you look at the cuts, they have to make four cuts by Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Okay? The roster right. sits at 89. They just activated LaRaven Clark. Uh, a tackle from the pup list, uh, and they cut two players: Adrian Killins and Caleb Wilson, a tight end. I was looking at it, and and it's it was harder for me to pick out four guys to cut than it probably should be on this team. Um, but one of them I I looked at was the defensive line, and you know I, I'm looking at Raquan Williams, a guy who's in his second year. I'm thinking they might cut him, and then I looked at Jaqua J- Bailey. Um, I think that's his first name, Jukwe Bailey, um, who has done some nice things. The undrafted free agent from Iowa State. But I really think that they're probably going to cut one of these defensive linemen um, yeah. as one of these cuts. And it could be Raquan Williams. Um, that's what I'm assuming. Yeah. Or, or Park, uh Bailey. Um, it could be him. So, you know, I mean, it. But but you're right. I mean, you got to get that pressure up front. Brandon Graham's working some on the inside. Milton Williams is inside outside. T.Y. McGill. You mentioned Marlon to to Apolo. Um, you know, I went back and watched some of that game again, and um, he got pushed around a lot. You know, by backup oh, yeah. linemen on the Steelers. Uh, not very, not a very good game for that sixth round pick out of USC. Needs to get stronger. He needs to play with better technique. I mean, obviously he was a draft pick, but you know, to me he looks like practice squad at best unless he you know can kind of learn from what he showed on thursday night um but you know we'll see to me he just looked you know uh, under me
0: oh, like a guy yeah he, look, he looked like, he looks a guy. like elijah I mean. Qualls, to be honest with you when when elijah Qualls got drafted i don't remember him out of washington sure they, they had, that was a major steal that the eagles made too as well and then he was supposed to be this huge run stuffer guy he did nothing impressive
1: no, I know. That's I mean,
0: kind of what that preseason game reminded me of for uh, Marlon. But we'll, I'm not giving up on him yet because I, 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 he did look impressive at USC.
1: Yeah, six two three oh seven is what they list him as. But you know, listen, that he didn't
0: that's, play at all on Thursday night. No, right. <laughs> he, he got
1: he got handled pretty pretty severely. Um, but you know, listen, that's you know when you come in into the league as a rookie, you know, a lot of times up front, offensive, defensive lines, that's the thing you need to get stronger. Um, and that could be the situation with him. But uh, right now, I say practice squad for him at best. He's not going to get cut because he was a sixth round pick, I don't think. But, you know, it wasn't a good performance. But I think one of those four cuts is going to come from the D-line. The other three guys I had getting cut are Laverd-Hilf, a cornerback. I think they're going to take a take somebody off of the cornerback spot or the D-back uh, roster there. It's a little heavy at this point. Um, and, and then there were a couple others. I don't think they'll cut a tight end. I thought about Jason Kroon, but I think with the uncertainty around Zach Ertz, I think they'll keep the tight ends. They just cut one over the weekend, Caleb Wilson. Um, so, you know, there's a couple so other Jack's candidates. All,
0: I mean, has to prove it, too. They might, they might cut that in. They could cut that end. They could. I think Zach Ertz yeah. is going to be part of the plans this year. I, yeah. I've had Jim
1: Cart. But exactly. you mentioned tight end needy league. You know, if if yeah. tight ends are if teams are starving for them. But I mean, you know, yeah,
0: I don't think. Teams, I I just get the sense that nobody's going to pay Zach Ertz a salary, and the Eagles aren't willing to.
1: No, I, I mean, as I, far I, as, I, as cutting Croom, like you know, are right, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. like yeah. you know, some team that's starved at tight end might say, yeah, let's bring Croom in, or let's bring. I don't think Caleb Wilson's been signed yet, but you know. These are guys that I think can maybe help teams, you know, get it through the rest of camp and the rest of the preseason. So you might want to hang on to Croom. You know, I think they'll cut an offensive lineman. I know they hate cutting offensive linemen, but this kid from Indiana, Harry Kreider, uh, undrafted free agent, hasn't looked real good in camp or in the preseason. So he could be one of these first four cut um, by Tuesday. So you know, that's just <clears throat> something else to keep an eye on. Um,
0: Jason Klim's yeah. a touchdown machine. They can't just cut him.
1: Who, who's that? Oh, great. Jason right. a touchdown. <laughs> yep. can't just let that go. One snap, one touchdown, man. It doesn't get any better than that.
0: But I, I think it's gonna. I think you're right about the corner. They had to start figuring out a corner now. Now you got Steven Nelson, and you, you can you can start you know vying out the rest of the dead. That's not going to make the team.
1: Yeah, uh, Here, I think here's I think talking about the team. safeties too with Elijah Riley. I mean, he showed up, and it, it's unfortunate for Kayvon Wallace. Um, that he got hurt 48 hours before the preseason game. I mean, really feel bad right, for that. Well, because you it. and I talked about it. Marcus Epps yeah. too. Marcus you know, he Epps was doing- came into a fine player. Yeah. I mean so so now, you know, Marcus Epps fills in for him on Thursday and, th- and does a nice job. He played over 50 snaps. Um, you know, Andrew Adams was getting snaps. I mean, you know, you wonder about Kayvon Wallace now with that groin injury, not an easy injury to come back from two weeks to come back from it, or perhaps you're going to be put on IR after you make this roster. Um, but Elijah Riley looks good. I mean, you know, he could make this roster. Um, and and Kayvon Wallace, I feel bad for him. He didn't have any preseason games last year. Healthy all through camp, and now two days before the first preseason game of your career in your second year, he gets hurt. Uh, not not, not going to help him at all.
0: No, not at all. But, I mean, I think it will be fine. I think there's a role for him. And that I don't think that many of the safeties on this team can serve. But one thing of Andrew Adams is in here. They brought him in from the Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers to be the special teams ace to replace Rudy Ford. I would not keep a veteran like Andrew Adams over Elijah Riley if he continues to impress. Though I wouldn't. I think that's mm-hmm. a dumb move. I think mm-hmm. Elijah Riley can play special teams too, so you're fine there. But again, Andrew Adams is brought in from a Super Bowl winning team to be the replacement to Rudy Ford, who Rudy Ford was a really key special teams contributor for the Eagles. He's on the Jaguars now. He's heavily. He was, he was. I think he was signed the second day of free agency. To be honest with you, Adam. maybe the first. That's how. Yeah, pay, that's he how. Quickly. Yeah, he was prioritized. Well, he's a good special teams player, and the Eagles prioritized replacing immediately with the guy who won the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, and Andrew Adams. So yeah. I mean, Andrew Adams, uh, you know, he may make this team because of that, the fact that that uh, off the bat. But I wouldn't want it. Would, it would be. It would stink for a guy like him to make it over. Elijah Riley because Andrew Adams can't start at safety. He's proven this league he can't do that. He right. has to be nothing but special teams. So Elijah Riley hasn't proven that yet. So you know, I think a lot. I think when you're sitting back looking at this Eagles team with this new coaching staff and everything that developing these young players, guys like Elijah Riley, guys like John Hightower, they have to make it over these veterans like Richard Rodgers, like you're saying, or like Tyree Jackson has to make it over Richard Rodgers stuff like that because they have to grow with this team. You know, Zach Ertz is probably going to be on next year if. If not before Week One or during the trade deadline, they need to have a viable option for tight end two, and that's going to hopefully be Tyree Jackson. They would hope. Mm -hmm. So you got to see what you got to keep guys on the roster that you can think can have long term contributions. And Andrew Adams isn't going to be that guy. Elijah Riley might be able to be that guy.
1: We'll see. Yeah, Yeah. it's it would be interesting to see how they factor in that youth versus veteran uh, experience. You know, because they've you know they've made a move in the offseason to bring in some veterans. You know, Ryan Kerrigan uh, being one of them. Um, you know Anthony Harris, Eric Wilson. I think the guys wide receiver is next.
0: I think wide receiver is next. So I have a feeling.
1: Yeah, I I, just, I think. If I were them, I would
0: just you know they have so much un- uncertainty at wide receiver and on provenness. Go ahead and take a- Andre Patton and make him one of your extra cuts and bring in a veteran guy and let him compete with this team. I think you're right. I, well, I don't know how it needs to be Golden tape per se because I don't think you need anybody on. You only have two receivers over six foot. I mean, over, yeah, really. You only have them two over six foot. You only have like two, I feel like. So I would like it, I prefer to be a bigger guy. But uh, if Gold Tate needs to be the guy, Gold Tate needs to be the guy. Bring somebody in. I agree with you. I think they need to bring somebody in, especially with all the injuries right now. Just be a band aid. If Stephen Nelson's going to be a band aid, they need a band aid a wide receiver, I
1: think, too. Well, Larry Fitzgerald's still out there.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Like 10 they years too late it. on that one. What's ten that? Years, that? 10 years too late on that oh, one. I know.
1: I know. But he still hasn't retired. But, you know, he. He's not going to be the answer, but you know he. No. You want to bring in a veteran. Alshon Jeffrey's still out there. How do you feel about? It? <laughs> he's still looking for a job. Um, I don't
0: know if he wants to come back after Travis. Oh Morgan's, gosh. No. comments.
1: No, no, he's <laughs> not coming back. But no. you know, you, that's why you keep an eye on the waiver wire as camp goes along, and you see who gets cut. Maybe there's somebody that they like that's going to get released. Um, or maybe you make a trade. I mean, I, I don't. I was going to ask you,
0: you: Do you do you get involved in this Michael Thomas drama?
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's who I was going to say is maybe you look at Michael Thomas. Oh, I coolest. mean, listen, he's he's um, he's um not going to play for, you know, I guess a month or so, maybe longer. Or sure, I'm not really sure how long he's out after this ankle surgery he had. And he's a big hit on the salary cap. And if you're looking at bringing in an experienced quarterback, uh, i.e. Deshaun Watson next year or Aaron Rodgers, who will be a free agent. I mean, you, you know, you don't want to have your wide receiver eating up a lot of that salary cap money so you know you have to kind of keep an eye on that stuff um but i, I don't know I, I mean listen michael thomas isn't going to help right away because he's hurt so no i probably wouldn't go that direction unless you can get him cheap it would be but interesting because
0: the eagles can offer a young receiver in return to the, yeah. the saints they can say yeah. hey Travis fulgham showed something last year if you guys want to tap into that a little bit more mm-hmm. with sean payton's offense go ahead and try and we'll go throw in another draft pick at least he gave you a, a receiver potential to replace thomas i mean yeah. the eagles have I, you know i th- i had to think about it i had to mm-hmm. think about it a little bit i mean that he, michael thomas would be very beneficial to a quarterback like jalen hurts who wants to throw yeah. it up there and hope his guy can make the catch uh
1: well mr uh, slant that's what him and malcolm Jenkins Jam- no, so you know. called him and uh slant boy and uh, you know led the little dust up <laughs> you know that's how he does catch a lot of his passes is on those slants so uh, but he's good you know had like hundred what hundred? I would think about catchers. it. I would definitely, I would yeah. definitely
0: think about it for sure. He doesn't draw passes; it's not his thing. He does not draw passes. He had no. I think yeah. he had one drop pass in college, at Ohio State. I was a big fan of him coming out. Yeah. He cries a lot though. But I mean, and, and
1: again, it's it's just hard to believe after all the resources they've invested at this position, we're still trying to bring in another receiver talking about giving up draft picks to bring in yet another receiver. I mean, it's just beyond me how they just yeah, can't right, figure this thing out. Well, Devontae's going to be the guy. I think Devontae. Well, like I hope. I, I would have said that when they drafted him. That's fair. Jury's way out on Smith for me now is with that health. I mean, listen, you can't practice four days in the NFL and get hurt already. It's not a good sign.
0: It's fair. It's definitely fair. I think he's going to be fine, but it's fair. All right, guys. Again, tune in every day after Eagle training camp. Ed has been giving out some great episodes with John McMullen, 15 to 17 minutes worth of your time just to get every news and update that you can't get on reading articles or looking around social media timelines on Eagles unfiltered. And then again, as always, si.com slash NFL slash Eagles for all up to date news and coverage on the Philadelphia Eagles. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be back soon.
1: Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure
0: their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early.